0: This is Basket Case Clubs CPR Groups podcast, where we turn basket case clubs into showcase clubs. Clubs. Hello again, and welcome to Basket Case Clubs CPR Groups podcast, where we talk about how we have worked with basket case clubs, and sometimes when we're doing our job right, we turn them into showcase clubs. And joining me tonight is Steve
1: Connolly. Steve, how you doing? very well thanks evening everybody thanks for joining us again we're certainly having fun making these podcasts for you to listen to on your drive on the dunny wherever you might enjoy to do so <laughs> hopefully uh, you're enjoying listening to us <laughs>
0: yeah. did i say to you last week that i'm missing my podcast like i'm not missing sitting here talking to you doing this one but i'm missing listening to all my podcasts cuz i'm just not dri- the, i'm not driving so the bad side is i'm not getting to listen to all my podcasts the good side is my car's really clean
1: yeah, and saving on fuel. I only thought today when my little fuel light came on for the first time in literally <laughs> weeks, yeah, uh, that, uh, oh, gosh, I forgot what that looks like, that little orange <laughs> light. I better do something about that.
0: What's a petrol station? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, this ties in really well with what we're going to talk about tonight, doesn't it? Well, all talking about maintaining our assets.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, Kind of a good time doing it. Something that's come up a few times in discussions with clubs where they're saying, so uh, we're looking for this wonderful thing that we can do. And you keep talking about using our force downtime wisely. So we finally pulled out our asset register and guess what? We don't know where nothing is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's lots of stuff that we have that isn't on that register. Yep. Yep.
0: So let me ask you a first question for the show tonight, Steve. What is if you can think of one, because I've got one if you can't. What is the youngest clubhouse that you know that has been damaged so badly that it's almost needed to be knocked down? Was it seven years? Yes. It, yes. yes. So are we thinking about the same one? Are we thinking about... I think so. Yeah,
1: the
0: clubhouse. Should we say that it was in Blackwater or should we keep that a secret? Yeah, we should what
1: definitely we, say it was in Blackwater. Oh, I thought we were going to keep it a secret.
0: So it may or may not have been somewhere in Blackwater. No, the cat's definitely out of the bag on this one because I remember showing a slide of this picture of the inside of a clubhouse that is just so obviously riddled with termites that the thing's ready to fall down. And these two people, when I was showing this in a seminar, these two people up the back of the room <laughs> kind of pointing and gasping at the screen. And they waited until a break. We know to that very, yeah, facility. <laughs> very politely. Um, is that our clubhouse? And I said, oh, I'm... Very sorry, but yeah, it is. <laughs> so what Gosh. had happened is over the the break in between seasons, they hadn't cleaned up. They had left, like when the people from council went into this facility, there were seriously dirty dishes in the sink. They just Yuck. left crap everywhere. There was water mm. sitting in the base of the showers. There were dirty socks on the floor of the change rooms. The canteen was full of not food scraps but everything else so that it just it, it became the let's just shove everything in the canteen and lock it up for a few months while we're not here and then So this
1: was a club that plays a winter sporting code yep and the facility wasn't going to be used in their downtime is that right
0: that's this part of it. yeah the building yeah that's right So although the fields are really well multi-used the clubhouse wasn't and so it just was left Mm. to sit there and unfortunately quite literally rot from the inside out so when council went to do an inspection as you do to make sure everything's okay you know you kick the tires and make sure everything's okay so to speak Everything wasn't okay, and they it, it has ended up being one of those things that has cost somebody a lot of money to fix. And in these cases, the somebody is always going to be that entity with the deepest pockets, hey?
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, this is an example of I guess every ratepayer subsidizing the operations of that club that didn't do what they should have been doing and indeed didn't do what was probably a requirement of whatever tenure they had over that facility whether it was a lease whether it was a permit to occupy that that building i'm pretty confident that there will have been an obligation placed on them (laughs) to do some facility maintenance
0: yes you would think so and look that's one of the things that, that still councils some some councils particularly in regionally oh no some metro councils are still trying to figure out how do we make sure that we're maintaining a good tenure management system that clearly articulates who's responsible for what so that this sort of stuff doesn't fall off the bottom
1: yep. yeah yeah but, but it's yeah it is really frustrating just quickly to to uh, where we see examples like that of an organization that that doesn't do the right thing and them really not be I mean the 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 people in charge of that club at that time may well have moved on by the next year or by the time that this problem was discovered by council and that lack of accountability always frustrates me when it comes up people just being able to walk away and you know for it to be someone else's problem after yeah. them and like i say then for that bill to be picked up by all of the ratepayers in that local government area that's that sucks
0: And I think that the saying, yeah, but we're just volunteers, shouldn't cut it anymore. Like I have great sympathy for the volunteers who do struggle. Empathy is probably a better word because I understand it, but it's not necessarily the best or the only way.
1: Yeah. And you're right. It doesn't cut it anymore. Government won't accept that as an excuse. Um, Members won't accept that as an excuse. People expect a you know, a reasonable level of service. And that includes the facility provision that includes, you know, an expectation from members and visitors to your club that the facility is going to be well-maintained, well-presented and indeed safe not falling down through termite damage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like rafts is falling in on us. So that's the big end of town, but asset management isn't just talking about facilities. It's not, it's not just talking about fields. It's not just talking about courts, tracks, pools, buildings, storage sheds. It also goes right down to the little stuff, doesn't it?
1: Yep. Yep. Like the mobile phones that you give to a coach, you know, you give the coach a mobile phone for the season or for the time that they're doing that job. And at the end of their tenure, you know, they forget that it's a club phone and they take it home and it becomes their personal phone and the club has lost a thousand dollar asset. At, if, at least if we're talking about modern <laughs> smartphones, they <that> get <laughs> incredibly right. expensive. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, it, so that, that's not even a, you know, physically that's a small asset. Um, but, you know, we do see uh, organizations that have got Huge um, inventories of of assets that they that they're using and um, you know making good use of for their service delivery that is fundamental to them being able to do a good job, but they don't give the maintenance and and monitoring of those assets enough attention
0: yeah, and when that happens, then they disappear and it's not necessarily that anyone is knowingly doing the wrong. Obviously there are cases where old mate takes the phone and he goes, whoo-hoo score, but it's not necessary that, not necessarily the case that it has been malicious intent. Sometimes it's just the committee didn't keep good records. Okay, even if we're using good financial management software and it's all online, that's fine. We've got a receipt for it somewhere and it goes on a depreciation schedule and you know, then never comes off. But nobody necessarily stops to check that at committee change over time. So the committee goes and the coach has still got the phone, but the committee's the ones that said, yes, okay, you can use this phone, but then with no records, no criteria, no assessment, no maintenance, no nothing. And gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And it is something we see all the time.
0: Unfortunately it is. And it costs so much money and it's money that is hidden money it just disappears and you don't necessarily think about it so there are other cases in between when we're talking about things like storage shelves that are connected to a wall and who's checking that they are connected to the wall and that they're not going to fall on somebody an innocent accident where mum or dad leaves the storage area open and one of the under six players wanders in there and wants to get something off a top shelf and starts climbing. Is that shelf that they are climbed? Okay. They shouldn't be doing that in the first place, but is the shelf suitable for a public space like that? Is it connected to the wall and who's checking the difficulty here is that we never know what is going to happen legally, you know, and you've been asked this I know I've been there when you've been asked, Hey, Steve, if this happens and then this happens and this happens, can I go to jail? And you've got to say, well, I, I, I don't know, because it all depends on exactly what the situation is. That's how negligence or a failure to dis- discharge an appropriate level of duty of care is, is tested. It's what would a reasonably careful or prudent person do given a particular set of circumstances. So you can start to see when you talk about the legal ramifications of looking after your assets, especially where personal injury is involved, that it's critical that somebody is accountable for what's going on.
1: Yeah, and... What strikes me in that sense is that some uh, asset maintenance is really easy to get right because even when there's a committee changeover, the new committee are going to see fire safety equipment. They're going to see, you know, uh, electrical appliances that were tested and tagged too long ago. And it's common enough knowledge that we need to be doing that sort of... um, you know, compliance-based asset maintenance. So, so it's easy enough for us to exercise our duty of care in ensuring that that sort of equipment is uh, maintained or, or you know inspected on a regular enough basis. But when it comes to yeah, what might be the more obscure um, examples, and and the example of the shelves that you gave is a good one, or, or you know, the example that I often talking about is that I often talk about is that rickety old storage shed that you know, we're really just waiting for it to fall over. Um, and people continue to store stuff in there because we've got nowhere else. And, you know, we're already storing stuff in the the change room and at committee members' houses. Um, so, so really, there does need to be, in a lot of clubs and associations, um, more regular discussion about, the sorts of inspections that we should be doing to ensure that we are providing a safe environment particularly when it comes to some of those areas of asset maintenance which aren't as you know as commonly understood by everyone who might get on a committee the other thing just quickly is that there are a lot of let's stick with that example of the rickety shelves in the storage um shed if if you've got Shelves in your shed at home, you're going to identify when they get wobblier and wobblier, and and identify. Oh, I probably need to do something about that. Whereas when it's at a, a sporting club and there are a lot of people who are in and out of there all the time, and you might not always be the one to to do that. Um, uh, you know, unloading and loading of the equipment that's where things get missed is that you know multiple people being involved in the monitoring and maintenance task and there are also things that you do at home you clean your gutters you know you get your let's use the the example of the building in blackwater that was you know destroyed almost by termites you get your annual termite inspection because your insurance doesn't cover termite damage so you make sure you get that done
0: at yeah, and, and being at home saying but
1: i'm just a parent doesn't
0: cut it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I have an really good
1: analogy actually
0: yeah. <laughs> it doesn't uh, cut it no, it doesn't cut it so it shouldn't cut it in real life so i suppose it's we i think that we understand the problems and the issues here pretty significantly they do range right across the board so we've talked about furniture we've talked about buildings we've talked about Small assets, so electronic equipment, but it does cover scrum machines, basketball backboards, goal posts, nets, corner flags, even keys you know who's looking after the mm-hmm. key. so really it yeah. does come down to having somewhere where that information is stored so we've obviously as people I'm sure are aware we've developed a system called asset track that is is especially for doing this it it starts with the asset register, so obviously that's something that commercially i would say well commercially but also because of the sheer fact that i use it as as you know i've got enough guitars that i lose track of when i have restrung them so i use asset Tracker as my maintenance register to say yes i restrung this guitar on this day i did this polish and cleaned the fretboard with this product and blah 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 and it's all in there so i use it personally but I can see so much and we've had enough experience with with sports clubs and councils using this system that we know that it works. But even if people choose not to use asset management software, it's the process that is really important. And I think that we'll get into the process in a bit of detail, but it starts with what I call the circle of protection where you've got your facilities, but to make sure that we're looking after the facilities, we need a good governance structure we need good people. So people who know that they have a certain level of accountability, not an unnecessary level of accountability. It's not going to take, it's not going to make them personally liable. If accidents happen, for instance, we've still got the protection of incorporation or, or some form of incorporation, whether it's a company or incorporation, but then there's also the money bit. So those three areas, money, people and governance really form a ring of protection around our facilities and our assets. And you need, all three to be right. So if you don't have good people who don't know how to run these organisations as good businesses and they don't have good governance structures to support them in running as good businesses, then they won't make enough money to be able to put money away to be able to look after our facilities and our ass- and replace our assets as is needed. If we let any area of that circle of protection falter.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's uh, when it's you Put it into a diagram like that it's actually really easy to understand mm. uh isn't it the the problem is when the common volunteer is thrown into a management committee position or you know has their hand put up for them they don't have time to stop and think about the the things that should be done to ensure the long-term success of the organization by necessity, they're forced to just think about this season. Um, And and that relates to, you know, assets, uh, getting the field into a playable state um, and so on. But it also means, you know, organising sponsors, making sure we've got food in the canteen, all those really operational things that don't uh, have long-term benefit for members of the club in 10 or 20 years' time, whereas... Asset maintenance is something that can really help there. I often, when we talk about asset maintenance in in sessions with clubs, I often ask how much easier the lives of the committee would be, you know, the, the management committee members would be today if the management committee, so their counterparts 20 or 30 years ago started to plan for what asset upgrades might be necessary now <laughs>
0: it's a classic isn't it when we go oh, yeah that'd be so easy and we kind of go well <laughs> facepalm ah that's what we're asking you to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's some ca- put money away today because we might need that to buy sausages <gasps> yeah but yeah about today tomorrow and the next day or are we thinking about next year next month next uh, next decade and 20 or 30 years down the track
1: yeah and just quickly in that vein, uh, the, the thing that really fascinates me is that, you know, right now we're working with a couple of football clubs, notwithstanding the fact that the national male team is called the Socceroos, we still have to call it football, um, uh, we're working with two notable football clubs, each of which have very expensive artificial playing surfaces. And... And we know that those surfaces have a shelf life. What is that? In the order of 10, 10 years?
0: Well, if you're lucky, yeah, weather dependent, you know, this is Queensland, so they get hammered by the sun.
1: Yep, yep. So both of these clubs are in a situation where neither has been putting money into their sinking fund. Now, they know that there's a shelf life, that you know, a life cycle rather on that artificial playing surface
0: and they know they should be putting money away for it
1: well they know they're not going to get any help that's well you know they shouldn't get any help external grant funding and the like yet even when we've got a situation where we've we couldn't have a clearer expectation of when we're going to need to replace that infrastructure they are still focused on the day-to-day they're still focused on the the, the you know urgent operational things rather than considering the fact that now in in one of their cases, they're halfway through that 10 year period and they have zero dollars in their sinking fund, which means what for how much they're going to now need to put away Mm. each year. Mm. It's twice Mm. as
0: much. Yep. And if they thought that they were going to have a hard time selling the need for a sinking fund to the people who pay their fees or choose not to pay their fees in some cases, when it was at, you know, one 10th or one twelfth of what they were going to need. Imagine what it's going to be when it's double that it's going to be tricky. So there's this whole concept of the sinking fund is one that is critical and so easy to overlook because of its name. So when you sell a sinking (laughs) fund, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're providing an announcement this morning because we need to let you know that your fees are going up because we need to be putting money aside for 10 to 12 years when your kids ain't going to be here no more. And then you get Mm. the typically the angry middle-aged, Person, perhaps a little rotund, which says, Book it off. I ain't paying for that. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of need to have a. You've heard
1: that too many times.
0: Dude, I've seen it, man. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And and then why why don't we have the tools backing us up to be able to say uh, no 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 this is not an option this is the way that it is this is the way that life is this is the way that you manage your stuff at home nobody's going to sweep in and fix your door frames when they get damaged by your neglect or your mistreatment or or your kids why should it be well for for too long
1: and for too long that's been the case hasn't it for too long we've had clubs who rely on external grant funding and when they see their lights falling into disrepair or they get the threat from the local league, you're not going to be able to host night games if you don't upgrade your field lighting. Yeah. And then the
0: yeah. We'll just get a grant.
1: Yeah. We'll get a grant for that.
0: Yep. So the, the tool that you need in this case really is an asset register. So that's, I suppose what we're getting to here. And I think Steve, that this is going to be one of those topics that we're going to have to visit a few times and yep. especially because we know so many stories but because we are starting to use these tools when did we start this Twenty, twenty fourteen, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. 2014 2013 2014 we started with asset wow. management that was the first time we put uh, a formal you know we'd worked with a few clubs prior to that but it was the first time that we really did it serious and said no no no, we got to do this properly now because you won't get a grant anymore and you won't be able to operate if your facilities fall into disrepair and by the way look at what else you're missing how good is are all of your sporting equipment how well looked after is the floor in your hall if you can't host events that make money will you be able to to still be in operation so it all starts with that asset register. If you have an asset register and it doesn't need to be complicated, the one in asset track is really easy, but even if you are keeping a manual asset register, it does not need to be complicated. It should include what the asset is, when it was bought, how much it, it cost. And you can choose if you want a template. We do have a template and we're happy to give you these for free because I don't want you mucking around doing stuff that you don't need to be doing. So contact us at info at CPR and we will be very happy to share of course, we'll probably say, dude, like for the cost of asset track and the value of your time, just go and subscribe. But if you want stuff for free that we're more than happy to give it to you for free, but it is very simple and it covers the full life cycle. So you have an expected expiry date of the usefulness of this asset. So that then gives you the ability to plan for replacing that asset, whether it's a $1,200 phone or whether it's a $1.2 million field surface you should be able to say yes hand on heart we are accountable for this we as the temporary stewards of the assets of this not-for-profit incorporated association we'll only be here while we're here and then we're gone and we would love to be able to leave things in a better shape than we found than we found them and i always what like finishing on positives you know we are talking about how we do work with clubs to create showcase clubs and it is fantastic that we now have real life examples and one of the one of the great ones is all of the brand new facilities in Mackay with the netball association up there that are now well planned so confidently the whole board up there can stand hand on heart and say we know that we are planning for repainting these netball courts in 10 years and replacing them in i forget what it is maybe 40 years to to completely need to redo them so that money that they know that they will need they are starting to work into their fee structure cycle obviously 2020 will be a bit of an anomaly in all of this and with the recovery after coronavirus we'll have some time but let's let that play itself out but these are those sorts of decisions that that committees and boards need to stay on top of to make sure that they are in a really good place to be able to say yes we will be here for the long term and on the coronavirus recovery meant, well, it's going to be those organizations that are the, going to be the ones that take the lion's share of the, uh, of the sporting market when the recovery does come. And when the future, well, the future from here, we're living in the future, but we've got then the great opportunity to be able to say, we know what we're doing. We've got the money set aside. We've got great assets and we've got the ability to run the business that, that we need to, to keep things ticking along
1: yeah absolutely and just um quickly something that came to mind when you were talking about uh, the templates which yes we're certainly always very happy to to provide to people uh you know the asset register uh template which provides guidance for sinking fund contributions and so on uh the, the beauty however of of asset track is that you know you were just touching on some of the you know small and large scale maintenance activities small being cleaning maybe replacing little Uh, bits and pieces here and there large scale being complete resurfacing of netball courts Um, and the beauty of asset track is that it does that prompting of whoever it is that's in charge of monitoring an asset will get an email when a maintenance activity is due and and as you alluded to earlier you know you use the system for your guitars and and i always give the example of of, of my car where it just very quickly not to bore you but my car always comes up for servicing about three months before it's it's due based on time because i'll hit the miles you know before the the, the due date of 12 months of service intervals so when when we started using asset track with the business and all of our assets including vehicles went into the system and uh, it was coming up for time at which my vehicle would be due for servicing and admittedly it was in there based on the date so it was probably already overdue i started to get emails and uh, you know two weeks out a reminder that you steve your vehicle's going to be due for yeah, a service and, they and then they hang well as i neared that date i started to get a couple of emails a day and i thought bugger this i'm just gonna book this service (laughs) so there's a personal (laughs) yeah a real example of my behavior actually being driven by the system and and we that's exactly now what we're hearing from from volunteers in clubs who don't have to think about when maintenance should be taking place because the system tells them
0: Yep, absolutely. And it's the sort of stuff that is creating fantastic organizations that can then just say, yes, we know we've got that base covered. Let's get on and go and deliver our fantastic service on the court, on the field, in the pool, on the
1: track. You might even say it's creating showcase clubs. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh look I love going into all of the detail and the and the theory and the, the the accounting basis for asset management but all of that is less important than just one thing do it it's it's yep. easy but it's easy to keep it going. The difficulty is of course, getting it started because you just let this procrastination build up and you just say, but I don't want to start. I don't want to start. It's like in winter. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to start my asset register because it's going to take forever. And admittedly, it's going to take a bit of time to get started. But once you get into it, you'll start to pick up a clip and say, all right, today we've, we might have, what's the sports club going to have realistically maybe, well, I know that the, club with the most assets in asset track is 167. So there you go. Let's say we've got 168. We'll go number one. It's yep. going to take a little bit of time, but a lot of those are duplicated so you can create new ones. You can copy and paste a line or duplicate the asset and that's all easy, but it's once you, once you've got them in there, and once you've got a, a pace set for getting them all in there and you're sharing that workload around because you can, then it becomes really easy to keep it up to date. And then if it's asset track or if it's, a, if it's a volunteer who's maintaining and managing that asset register and is, is doing the reminders, then you'll stay on top of it. And then that is part of your operation that you just know you've got to do. And to finish, I suppose we should remind everybody that in Queensland, at least, you must have an asset register one way or another. So why not get into it? So yeah, I think the best piece of advice we've got for tonight is asset management. Get into it.
1: Yeah. And there's no better time than now when, you know, typically we've got assets which might be being taken off site from clubs that are having a period of of forced downtime. Uh, Maybe those assets are going to be stored in people's houses. It's, it's, and there is also going to inevitably be time that was going to be spent on the sideline or in the canteen or administering competitions that now isn't happening. So really, you know, the fact that building an asset register might take a little bit of time in the first instance, Perhaps if you've got that time now that you wouldn't ordinarily have, this is mm-hmm. the, the best time to be sinking your teeth into it and getting started. And, and, from, and from you're right, you're just to do it. you just to get into it. it, it is exactly. Like
0: spread the work around. We could have this knocked over in half a day. It isn't, yep. it isn't a massive workload, but it has a massive benefit.
1: Yeah. Even, and, it, and so often then you, clubs will be looking back on the time that they've invested now and be very, very pleased with themselves.
0: Absolutely. Steve, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you this evening about asset management and how it can have massive impacts on the, the quality of operations of clubs. I look forward to talking to you about all of this stuff and more when we meet again.
1: As will I. Thank you very much.
0: Until next time, this is Basket Case Clubs and we look forward to catching up with you soon.
1: Goodbye.